Do all of your tales have tales? Mine too. We all enjoy a funny story, an uplifting account, or a sweet childhood memory involving animals. And that's what we're sharing on this podcast. As a lifelong animal lover like you, and as a professional pet and people photographer, you can imagine I have many tales to tell. This show features interviews recorded from the radio show Critter Patter and tales told by me or other special guests. Welcome to Tales with Tales, first episode of 2020. Today we will listen to an interview from the Critter Patter radio show with Pia Jansen of Unbridled Farm. She is a counselor to people, but her horses do most of the work. Hmm, what am I talking about? Find out on today's episode. Hi, Monique Renee here, photographer from Silverpaw Studio. Every week at 6.30 p.m. here on Critter Patter, we talk everything animals. And this will be my first episode going into 2020. And I have a pretty cool guest here today. You may have heard of this concept, but we're going to dive deep into this type of animals and people working together. There's so much to it. I can't even say it correctly. So I'm going to introduce Pia Jansen now. Pia, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for inviting me. Uh, I met Pia many years ago now when she gave me a tour of her farm. Super fascinating. And I don't want to get any of the pieces wrong. So Pia, before, let's just say what your farm does. And then I do want to get a little bit of history about kind of how you end up doing this. It's such an, a unique career path, I think. And I think all of our listeners are going to be super excited to hear what you do. And it's called Unbridled Farm, correct? That is correct. Unbridled Farm. Okay, <laughs> take it away, Pia. All right. Um, at Unbridled Farm, we do equine-assisted psychotherapy and equine-assisted learning. It's a concept that uh, was developed uh, through an organization called eGala, uh, which is an international organization that certifies therapists and um, equine specialists into the work with horses as healers. So the concept, um, I have been a therapist for many, many years, uh, started in Europe as a, um, an outdoor type of um, therapist did a, a lot of um, treks throughout Europe and Northern Africa with at-risk youth. We like to call them vulnerable youth. I really like that experiential work, having Mother Nature um, be more of the facilitator of change in people and making healthier choices. Um, from there on out, I um, kind of got into a more of a office type of practice as a therapist and did that for quite a few years and um, at that time I had a few horses and one day I was working with one of my my horses and um, he did not particularly like me anymore and that oh. was noticeable by the kinds of behaviors that I saw from him and I was starting to wonder well what's going on with me that this horse is picking something up what I realized is I had become much more of a push and pull personality and had sort of lost touch with what, who I really wanted to be as a person and as a professional. Mm -hmm. 
So we started looking around to see if um, horses could be a facilitator for me, for change, on um, oh. becoming a better person. And um, kind of ran into this very young organization, this, this international organization that started, just started working with people in, in, in the training of um, this equine-facilitated modality. Jumped on and got certified and became an uh, advanced clinician for them. And uh, since I had a few horses on the property, that seemed to be a really great start to um, just doing this, just jumping in and uh, not sitting in an office talking therapy and having horses be the facilitators of healing, which they are really, really good at, way better than humans. Oh. So fascinating. What, and that's a cool that you have such a long history of helping people and that your horse picked up on that. You have to be kind of a little bit self-aware to really realize that, True. right? Yes, yeah, which of course you are. <laughs> so, you know, I think a lot of people are familiar with the idea of, say, dogs helping in therapy. Tell us what it looks like to have horses be involved in people therapy. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a... Quite a few different aspects of having horses as co-facilitators, if you will. Um, one of them is is that horses are big and magnificent, mm. and that, of course, uh, different from a dog, uh, there is that sense of wow, there's there's this really big horse here mm. with me. Um, the other component is is horses are prey animals, have been around since the. Well, the times of the dinosaurs. Mm. And when you look around, we see horses in pastures, but no dinosaurs. So there's <laughs> something about horses, uh, about their resiliency and their uh, ability to adapt to their um, living circumstances over over the centuries um, that, that make them just really unique as the prairie animal that they are. They are acutely alert and aware when we look at the research, actually, what's been researched is that horses can pick up uh, a human heartbeat and human blood pressure from about uh, up to about 10 feet away. Wow. Horses can uh, recognize facial expressions, mm. so sadness, for instance, or anger. Uh, horses, of course, will respond real immediately to a, uh, a posture, for instance, a, a person that has a um, that that has a posture that may create fear in the horse. The horse will immediately turn away, and this is really interesting. I did a uh, um, a group with uh, some professionals, and um, there was a, a one guy in this group that uh, was, was definitely one of those guys. Like I'm here, and I'm going to show you what I can oh, do. Boy. So he came into the arena with the horses, and en masse, all the horses just went to the other side of the <gasps> arena because he, they felt threatened by that overwhelming presence of this guy that was going to show them something. <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah. That kind of proved your theory Absolutely. in a split second. <laughs> wow. That's an interesting distinction, too, as prey animals because they do react quite different. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so... I guess to clarify a little bit more, and I've been to your farm, so I kind of know a little bit more of what you're talking about. So 
traditionally for therapy, I would maybe have an issue and go to you and we'd sit down and talk in an office. How how does that work? Does people come to your, to like walk up to a horse? What do they do? Uh-huh. Um, well, typically the way that this is so different is that we're not going with a diagnosis. We're not going with, well, someone has a diagnosis of depression and this is what we're going to work on. What I typically ask at the start of a session is, what are you bringing in today? What's causing you difficulty? Okay. What what do you want to take a closer look, look at or what would you like to explore? And that could be anything. Could be something recent. Could be some trauma from the past that they're re-experiencing or that's causing difficulty and triggers in the in that particular moment. And from there, we go to work. Um, and what can happen is just about anything. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Typically, I will ask, do you want to spend time with all the horses? So there are six horses and two miniature donkeys that live together as a family. Um, so they sort of mimic human families, too, with all of the traits that families have. There could be arguments and there could be really wonderful moments. And because horses do live in the moment, that gets figured out right away. Mm. So, a, so a person a person, or a group or a couple can choose to be with all horses together, or they can pick one or more horses and go into a separate area. From there on out, we're looking at observations creating situations that may mimic something that they have difficulty around. For instance, um, what I might say is, okay, it sounds like you're feeling you're dealing with a lot of obstacles. And um, so let's see if you could build an obstacle and see if your horse will go over that obstacle. Oh. What I do is I get I separate myself from the process so that the person and their horse or horses will be in an activity and they will start to experience things that may be a metaphor for something that they experience in their daily life. And at times where there's a need for processing, for instance, asking an open-ended question about, hey, what happened with you and the horse, or what happened with those horses? The, those are the opportunities for people then to understand that what's happening there in the moment with them and the horses can be a metaphor for something that's currently causing difficulty in their lives. Wow, that is fascinating. So I'm picture someone, say, having trouble with an obstacle, and they put something in with the horse, and they see what the horse does around that obstacle. Mm -hmm. Are they going to walk around? Are they going to ignore it? Are they going to jump over it? Things like that. Yes. And then how can they relate that to how they deal with obstacles? Correct. Oh, super fascinating. Mm -hmm. And people really respond to this then. Yes. Yeah. What we're finding is that what often will take months or years in a traditional therapy setting, we can come to some resolution in four to six sessions. Whoa, that's incredible, mm -hmm. incredible. Do you think it helps, too, that it's not, they're looking at someone completely different. It's not another human. 
you know, you're not talking maybe even about them. They're just watching how this horse or the horse family does something. And that little bit of a disconnect, they could see it a little clearer maybe. Very true. Yeah. Yeah, you got that right on. (laughs) It's super fascinating. I know I've said fascinating like 10 times, but it really is. And and really, since I met you years ago, every time I drive past a horse pasture and I see horses, I'm like, look, it's a little horse family. You know, and I remember some of the stories that you would tell, like maybe this horse family is the mom and the dad and the kid. And so when a kid comes out, they could relate to that relationship between the horses and maybe what that kid lives at his house, right? Absolutely. Oh, man. Um, Do you have any other um, stories that you could tell us about these? There are so many stories. Every day, new stories come about. And what's so funny is people will say, God, do do you ever get bored? And I don't. I've been doing this for 12 years. And every day is I'm excited. I'm excited for the people that come to seek some help and healing. And I'm excited to see what the horses will do. As, as well as I know most of these horses, um, th- they will do really unique things. Mm. There was a time when, um, oh, the, this was so interesting. So th- there was a person that had a big conflict. Um, this person had gotten a, a really big gift from um, their partner. And this person didn't know what to do with with this gift and didn't there were all kinds of difficulties that were going on with within the relationship. And so um, a few of the horses were picked and some um, items were placed around in the arena that that sort of signified one was the big present. Another was the relationship, so there were and there were some boundaries were, that were set. One of the things that happened that was that was really great, unique, and um, and really funny. One of the horses um, walked up to the present, lifted his tail, and pooped on the present. Oh well, you can't make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! So there was the answer. Oh whoa. Mm-hmm. Wow. And the person could see it right then and there and problem solved. Problem solved. Wow. Thanks, horse. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. It's not always so funny. This one was really, really funny. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us a little about your horses. You said there's six horses and two donkeys. Correct. Right. And so this is their own little family unit, right? That is true. Tell us, if you can, a little bit about them. Sure. Um. So the, there's a lead mare. Uh-huh. Her name's Ruby, um, and Ruby um, is often called the bitch oh, by, no. by, <laughs> by people that, particularly I do with some addiction groups, people oh. that are in recovery. And uh, Ruby's a horse that knows herself really well, mm. and that also means that she has very, very firm boundaries, as most lead mares do. Um, then there's uh, two other mares. One's an older mare that we've had for a really long time, and then we have a really young mare who is actually a, um, a Mustang that has a um, genetic mutation. She's a, uh, a dwarf. So when she was captured in Wyoming, the, um, the BLM captures Mustangs periodically because mm. there's too many in the wild. 
they they already knew they they had a problem. This mm. was a little dwarf. This was not going to be a rideable Mustang, and so that was not a very adoptable horse. And oh. so, she seemed perfect for my place, <laughs> and she's become a very wonderful therapy horse. Oh. Then there are um, so there's two miniature donkeys. They're um, born three weeks apart. I've had them since they were three months old. They were raised on my couch. That's how cute they were. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They, as little as they are, have have a role of protectors. Um, They're amazing uh, little guys that work really well in the program. We work with some people with uh, some disabilities, and they uh, pick up on being protective immediately. Um, they're really, really great team. Um, then they have another Mustang that also came from Wyoming that I accident- accidentally happened on. I was at uh, Canyon City where they train wild Mustangs and um, did have a space in my trailer. And this little <laughs> horse really wanted to come with me. And so he's been with me for the past nine years. Mm. Uh, then there's a miniature horse. His name is Sunny. Um, he's like a little yellow teddy bear. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very lovable. A great story about Sunny. I spoke a little earlier about um, horses picking up on emotions from people, facial expression, and, and, and maybe some other emotions as well. Um, Sunny is the kind of horse that when someone's really sad, he will lay ba- down by them right. and just spend some time. And then we have uh, a three-year-old colt. His name's Justice, and he's just starting out as a therapy horse, and he is a rock star. <laughs> what a variety. Did we cover everybody? I think so. You did? Okay, so... What's interesting is I would think there would be people who would be automatically drawn to one horse or another for coming in for with different their own personalities, their True. own things they want to work on. Does that happen quite a bit? It happens quite a bit. Yeah. Yes. Or do the horses choose the people more? What happens? It happens both ways. Okay. And it's really great until we i get a 4 year old that wants to spend time with Pedro the Mustang who is a really large black horse oh. <laughs> and then i have to go okay what's your deal pia this kid wants to spend time with this horse and just make it safe uh-huh wow so before we go any further, I want to give people a chance to learn more about your farm. So what's the best way that they can contact you or find out more information? Sure. Um, the website is unbridledfarm.com. Okay. You can go and look. There's some some fun pictures on there. There's some of the programming on there. There's so much to cover, and it can't all get on the website. People can always call me as well. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Because I know there's more than we can cover in a 30-minute show for sure. But if you want to see pictures of all these lovely horses, that would be a good place to go, unbridledfarm.com, correct? Correct. Okay. Cool. And let's see. What else did we want to make sure that we went over today, Pia? What do you want people to really know about this type of therapy or your place in in particular? Uh Uh-huh. I'd like for people to know that this 
modality, this way of doing therapy or counseling or coaching or however you want to call it, is a, it's a really big paradigm shift. Mm. The, the power that a therapist or a helper holds while they are sitting in their office with their little notepad, mm-hmm. um, th- that's a, that, that really causes difficulty in, in equilibrium for people that are already suffering mm-hmm. and then have to call in to get help and have to sit in this therapist's office. I find that when I bring the horses forward as healers instead of me and and me being more of the person that holds the space and will help with asking the right open-ended questions because I believe that innately everyone holds the answers inside. Maybe they're Mm -hmm. hidden from them because they've suffered and the horses really are able to bring forward that that what is held stuck inside. Mm. So that's, I think that is the biggest piece is the paradigm shift. The other component is it's short-term solution focused. Mm-hmm. So we're really looking at how can we help you heal instead of trying to like dig and dig and dig and go back to when you were one, two, and three, et cetera, oh, et cetera. Yeah. Um, the, there is, of course, you have to like horses somewhat. Okay. There's no, there's no need for experience. We're not looking for people that have been around horses or that have been riding horses or anything. What we are looking for are people that are not intensely fearful of horses. They, sure. You know, a healthy dose of fear is, is quite okay. Yeah, my big. My largest horse weighs, weighs 1,500 pounds. Oh. And so, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a, that's quite okay to say, mm, yeah, I have respect for, mm-hmm. for something that big. Sometimes this modality doesn't work, and then I'm always so happy to refer to other wonderful clinicians around town. There's there's music therapy, there's art therapy, there are mm-hmm. so many different modalities in therapy that people can try that are not just about talking, because mm-hmm. talking sometimes keeps everything in the head and not in the heart. Oh, Yeah, I can totally see that. And you brought up a really good point about whether people are comfortable around horses, fearful of horses. And do you ever start off where maybe they want to try, they're maybe a little bit unsure, so they just stand outside the arena and just watch the horses? They don't necessarily have to go in right away. And can you kind of gradually introduce people to the horses? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. So the observation is participation as well. Okay. Um, There there are a few horses that are smaller. So Sunny is a small horse. He's about 35 inches. The miniature donkeys are 30 inches. Oh, gosh. That's not as intimidating as something that's 1,500 pounds. Yeah. (laughs) I've been around dogs that size. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What what I find with groups, and we do um, recovery groups, I work with a couple of schools with some of the, the at-risk or vulnerable student population, and some kids really don't want to directly be with the horse to begin with, and so they can sit on, on the fence or be on the other side of the fence, and that's participation as well. 
Oh, that's wonderful. Because it could be, I would think, a little bit overwhelming if someone's never been around horses. Very true. Not quite sure. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I love how results focused it all is too, mm-hmm. and how just instinctive it is for the horses. Like they're just out there doing their horsey thing, right? They, they you're are. not directing them specifically <laughs> to do anything. No, nope. you're just <laughs> like here. This is how the horses react. What do you think? You know, I love that part. Uh, what other stories or information do you want us all to know we still we have about oh five minutes or so left of the show okay let me think well i uh, what i'd like to say is that um equine assisted therapy and equine assisted learning which is what we do with the schools it's a it's it's really close to therapy but it's more geared towards um learning skills Mm. Um, it's appropriate for just about everybody. When you're, if a person were to ask me, well, should people be excluded from doing this um, because of their illness or their ability? Um, I don't believe in exclusion. Mm. The one thing that I would say would uh, make me want to think again and maybe refer out is when someone comes in and shows that they're cruel to animals. Oh, sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. that would not be a good fit. Correct. Yeah. So when you were talking about the school groups learning skills, like what kind of skills? Mm-hmm. We're, we're, what we're looking for is really transferable skills. So the skills that they might learn with the horses around communication, leadership, collaboration, getting along, doing something as a group versus doing something alone and not feeling included. Mm. Those kinds of skills, um, they can learn with the horses and then bring them back to the school environment. And we've had such great result. What's, what's most fascinating to me is that it's not the kids that are surprised. It's the teachers and the, count, the school counselors that are really surprised to see those kids out there doing fantastic things with the horses and saying, I would have never guessed that this kid had these kinds of skills. And so when those kids come back into school feeling proud of themselves and feeling accomplished, there's a real opportunity for them to make a change in their their behavior, their attitudes, their, their, the, the possibility to learn again instead of just being in the school and trying to be truant, rather. Oh, <laughs> well, and sometimes for younger people, some of these concepts, they just don't, like leadership, they would think, okay, well, I'm not old enough to be a leader, or, you know, whatever, whatever it is their conception of that is. And it'd be hard to for a teacher to say this is a leader because they're another person, a parent figure, but coming out and seeing the horses as a leadership lesson, for example, I could really see how that would sink in even more. Yes, okay, the adults in your life told you this, the humans, but look, here's the horses, and this is how they lead. You know, so what a big lesson. Yep. We see so many stories of animals teaching people things. And I just love that you have this available for students and just for everybody, really, um, to be able to see 
all of those types of lessons and so much about yourself through these horses. So true. Ah. And and I'm not excluded in that. I learn <laughs> from them every single day. Right? Yeah, that's where your journey started. Yes. Yeah, how interesting. So I can imagine like if you're having a struggle in your own life, just going and grabbing a cup of coffee and watching the horses. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. Just go sit with them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And especially with your, you know, your trained knowledge of of how that works too. Man, I can't believe it. But just as I suspected, our time is just about over. Pia, thanks so much for being on the show. I'm going to say it one more time. Fascinating. (laughs) (laughs) And again, it's unbridledfarm.com, correct? Yes. Yeah. To find out about all these different types of equine assisted learning therapy mm-hmm. okay yeah and if you have any questions you can reach out to her on that website uh, pia jansen any parting thoughts for us thank you so much for having me i'm just so glad you invited me i'm really hoping that equine assisted learning and equine assisted therapy can be more mainstreamed because yeah. it's just so valuable oh so wonderful thanks so much for being on the show you are so welcome Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Tales with Tales. I sure hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed recording it. If you have any feedback, send me an email at monique at silverpawstudio.com. Until the next episode, I wish you many woofs, purrs, and T-R-E-A-T-S's. KRFC 88.9 FM Radio Fort Collins. Critter Patter is recorded in their studios in the Music District in the heart of Fort Collins, Colorado.